day ever. Mark it down. May 24th, 2022. The day we will all remember where we were when Cole Adams was finally offered by the University of Oklahoma. Oh, I never thought this day would come. But here we are in late May. It has finally happened. And it is just so glorious. Oh, yeah. That says it all. Hallelujah, Cole Adams has finally been offered the four-star, 24-7 composite wide receiver out of Owasso, Oklahoma. We've only spent about six months talking about Cole Adams, speculating if it was ever going to happen. Has anyone had their name mentioned more on this show than Cole Adams? No, like Dylan Gabriel, Britt Vittables, the three most mentioned names, which I don't even think we're in the discussion on this. The three most mentioned names on this show are Brent Venables, Dylan Gabriel, and Cole Adams. And and I think it's probably one Cole Adams, two Brent Venables, and three Dylan Gabriel. Wow, what a day. What a development. Out of nowhere, the staff visits him last week. The offer comes down today. I'm telling you, we'll all remember where we were the day that Cole Adams was offered. Uh, 405-651-3439. Where were you, text line, when you found out Cole Adams was okay, officially that, offered? Okay, now we got to ask. we got to ask. On, on our power rankings of days in the month of May... How does this stack up to the day that General Booty committed? This is better. Really? I I, I did not think that we could have a better day in May than General Booty committing. This is – no, it's not even close. Dude, we have – We've put a lot of time into this recruitment. No, we have. And I said said yesterday – I was finally at the point yesterday where I was just like, look, I don't think it's happening. And then it happened 24 hours later. Man. I, I reverse jinxed this thing. Unbelievable. Um, I'd like to think that we had a part in this, but in reality, probably not at all. Text line in the 918, ha, 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 hallelujah. What is Kendall saying? Um, it was better than General Booty. He's emotional. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hallelujah. I, I bet. Cole Adams Day. Yeah, May 24th, 2022 will forever be known as Cole Adams Day. Now all you have to do, Parker, is the hard part. You got to get him away from Alabama. You got to get him away from Tennessee, from LSU, from AM, from Wisconsin, and a whole lot of other schools. How optimistic are you that this is the not this is not the last piece of good news we will be getting between uh, Cole Adams and? Well, OU? you know who knows, Tyler. Maybe I'll reverse jinx this too, but I'm still not optimistic. Wow, really? Well, mm. this, like they're so far behind the eight ball at this point in recruiting Cole Adams. There's a very good chance they will be his last offer. Because at this point, I promise you, every other school that's evaluating him across the country is like, well, uh, let's take a look at the offer sheet. Uh, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, uh, Texas A&M. Uh, Mississippi's yeah, yeah. It, we're we're just not for a twenty twenty three we're just for a twenty twenty three kid we're pretty late in the process for throwing out offers I mean it's still happening but those guys that are getting offered now were kind of borderline guys for for some schools and I will argue all day that Cole Adams is more than just a borderline guy I think he's a really really good player and I watched a little bit more of uh, his highlight film today and come out re- came out really saying dang this kid can play uh-huh. but. Yeah, you're probably like the last major offer. There's a decent chance of that. 
Text line says, I was driving through Medill and pouring rain on my lunch break, the Cole Adams day. Oh, See? Love it. We're all going to remember where we, where we were at. You were live on the air. I was, I was live on the air. I was in the other room in I there t- prepping for the show. It was just great. I turned over to our computer monitor and the text line, like, I swear, we got probably like eight to ten texts <laughs> virtually simultaneously. Cole Adams just got his offer. Uh, this one says, I was at work. My lunch break was filled with shouts of excitement and joy, and there were quickly dashed by the thought he was hurt by the delay in offer, and he will just decide to go play for Nick Saban. Wow. Way to really rain on the parade here. Oh, you has got a chance here. They I mean, do have a chance. They do have a chance. And like I mentioned last hour, I'm going to go up to Tulsa later this week to see Cole and see Micah Tease and see a whole bunch of the other guys uh, that are high-end football prospects from the 918. And so I'll have a better gauge on a better sense of where things stand at that point. But it's a win for Oklahoma if you get Cole Adams on an official visit. That yeah. is a huge win. Yeah, point. what he's he's already uh, he's got LSU scheduled as an official. Has he already taken his Bama official? Or no, was he that un- Was that an unofficial about a month that ago or so. That wasn't unofficial, yes. Okay. Yeah, so I went back and just watched his highlight reel uh, earlier today, Parker. I think it was on 24-7 Sports. And he's 5'10", 180. So it's not like he's some sort of a physical specimen. And I'll be honest, like, what I expected to see is, you know, a guy that has a lot of speed, and that's how he's able to get open to make plays, is that, well, he's just faster than some of the other 6A DBs that he's going up against in the state of Oklahoma. What I saw, man, and especially in the front of that video, there's a lot of one-on-one situations down the field in the end zone, Parker, where he's going up and making a play. Yes. Like, essentially, his highlight reel, the one I saw, wasn't filled with just, yeah, he's really fast, you can just run past defenders, which you can't really do. It's a lot harder to do in college football doing that. It was way more of, he had a guy right there in his hip pocket, he just elevates himself and goes up and make a play. Exactly. So, for a 5'10", 180 kid... It was what I needed to see to say, to say, dang, yeah, this kid can play. And I've already thought for five, six months now that he can play, but there's one clip, Parker, where he's the holder on a PAT, they snap it to him, and he just runs over to the left side for the two-point <laughs> conversion. 5'10", 180, that, that, that doesn't pop out at you, but when I say that this kid is fast, this kid is really, really, really fast. He, he is he's, fast. He's a playmaker. He's athletic. He is a complete wide receiver. And again, this is what I mentioned last hour with Steely. Some people were upset that I brought this up, but I'll bring it up again. Look, when you're talking about a 5'10", 180 white kid playing wide receiver, there is a stereotype. There totally okay? is, man. It is not a fair stereotype, but there is a stereotype. And that is, I think that is what has been and will continue to be Cole Adams' struggle in the eyes of so many fans is convincing them that he's a complete wide receiver because so many are going to pass judgment on him without ever watching his tape or watching him in person. Sure. But if you turn on the tape, or better yet, you go watch him in person, you find out what type of player Cole Adams really is, and he is not that stereotype. No, look, he's a four-star. 24-7 composite has him as a four-star player. This is not some two-star diamond in the rough out of Owasso that a lot of people just found out. Like, no, this kid can really, really play. He's a a four-star Got to be a good play, Parker, there are stereotypes. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think that some of those could exist. in. Re- if you're 5'10", 180 and a wide receiver, you you got to be able to ball out to be listed as a four-star. Four 
At least I think. you got to have some good film out there. You had to go to some camps around the country and maybe really show out. So he's he's big time. Um, also, his first game of the season, I bet you'll be up there for this, uh, Owasso plays Bigsby at Chapman Stadium in Tulsa on August 25th. So you're going to get to see right away against one of the better teams in the entire state, regardless of classification, uh, going up say, against Bigsby. That'll be fun, man. I would say one of the best high school football teams in the nation. They've won 50 games in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget the state of Oklahoma. More, more about the country. Um, I had just completed my Lincoln Riley voodoo doll on Cole Adams Day. So someone making a Lincoln Riley voodoo doll, and it just got completed on Cole Adams Day. Nice. Do you think it hurts us that we did not offer until Cozart flipped? Yes. Yes, it does. And you don't have to dig for nuance here because there's not a whole lot of it. I would imagine that the perception, whether in Cole Adams' mind or in the minds of people in Cole Adams' corner, is – They look at the offers that Oklahoma has made at wide receiver. They look at how long it took them to offer Cole Adams, and they look at the fact that Ashton Cozart just flipped to Oregon on Sunday, and you're probably thinking, okay, well, Cole wasn't playing A, Cole wasn't playing B, Cole might not even have been playing C. Now, since Oklahoma is essentially back to the drawing board at wide receiver, now they offer Cole Adams. Uh, text line, Cole Adams. Uh, I was on my lunch break and my phone buzzed with the notification. That's from Kendall. Big Bad Wolf says, how do we know this wasn't part of the plan? How to get him here is by his home state being his last offer. Maybe the wait was warranted. I don't think no. that, that was a part of the no. plan. No, that was not part of the plan. It'll be a great story. I mean, if he ends, if this ends up being his last major offer and he ends up coming to OU and he ends up being a great player, that will go along with a, with a great story that, that he'll have, Parker. But here's the situation that it's in now. A lot of OU people that follow recruiting, because it feels like you know most OU fans that really get into recruiting, I mean, you're on the message boards, you'll see, but I, I feel like pretty much everyone is saying, finally, we've been waiting for them forever to offer Cole Adams. I don't feel like there's very many OU fans today that are upset that this offer actually was sent out. You, you agree with that? I would say there are very few that very are Very few, right. But now it's, all right, if you don't end up getting him, then you know what the reaction is going to be. <sighs> see, we waited way too long. Why did we wait so long to put this offer out? But if you get him, it's going to be, dang, you, you were able to close on an in-state kid after Alabama was in on him early, LSU was in on him early, A&M, Tennessee, all in on him early. There, there's kind of two narratives, two different narratives that people are going to run with depending on where you know where he picks to go to school. And here's what else complicates the situation. He's got an Alabama official visit set for June 3rd through the 5th. So he's probably not coming to the Champion Barbecue. Yeah. That would be a big again, weekend to get him here. Again, but yeah. you are – you, you've really dug yourselves into a hole right now with Cole Adams if you're Oklahoma, and there is a lot of ground to be made up. Again, that's not to say it can't be done, but it's going to be a lot easier said than done. Uh, Cole standing in the tunnel in his visit video, stands flat-footed and does a backflip. White boy got bounced. Yeah, he did got bounced. He did got bounced. He can get up there. One more. Uh, he's a better version of Slade Bolden. That's why Saban wants him so Yeah, bad. see, and there's, there's, there's the, the stereotype. Comparison. Yeah, there's, there's the, the stereotype right there. Now, Cole Adams is not the same player as Slade Bolden. The comparison I actually made last hour, Tyler, is he plays very similar to Marvin Mims. And I don't want to put too lofty of an expectation on Cole Adams because Marvin Mims is obviously one of the top five wide receivers in college football, I would say. But 
the way that they play the game and the way that they play bigger than their stature, there is some Marvin Mims to Cole Adams' game. Okay, so who's OU really going to have to make up ground on? We, we've always thought Bama from the beginning. If it's not going to be OU, it really feels like Bama. Is Alabama the only school that OU has to make up ground to really feel good about Cole Adams' chances, or do we need to start talking a lot about a school like LSU where he's got an official visit coming up? Yeah, I mean, that's you'd have to figure those are the two schools at the top of the list right now for Cole Adams, Alabama and LSU. If those are the two schools you set your officials with, and you're talking about two programs that have each won multiple national championships over the last 15 years, programs that uh, perennially are among the elite in college football. Yeah, it's not as if it's not as if Oklahoma's trying to steal this guy away from like Kansas State and Iowa State and Nebraska. Right? No. Oklahoma's going to have to outdo some heavy hitters. Yeah, yeah. This is not an LV Bunkley Shelton situation last no. week where it's, well, I'm really trying to decide between OU and Kansas. And boy, if they have a spot that opens up for me, I'm just going to go ahead and go to OU. Yeah, that, that that's the thing, man, about you know recruiting against Alabama and recruiting against Georgia and recruiting against Clemson. I know that Georgia and Clemson aren't players here for Cole Adams, but they are recruiting against those types of schools in the Southeast. They've got the best closers in the country, Parker. I mean, you've got good closers on your staff as well, but when you go up against the best to get the best players, they've they've got the best closers. And some of these schools, NIO-wise, may have different pitches than you, than yeah. you do and when on, it comes to And recruiting. on the text line, somebody says, so OU is behind the eight ball for Adams and Micah Tease at wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, and look, if I had to – prognosticate right now I would not predict that either of those kids signs with Oklahoma so again that can change that is not saying the ship has sailed but OU is certainly behind the eight ball on those two recruitments also uh why isn't anyone commenting on the fact that Oklahoma State never offered him that's a question on the air comfort solutions text line I have to figure Mike Gundy just kind of looked at the kid and was like, well, you know what, we don't stand much of a chance of getting him. Yeah, I don't know what their numbers look like at receiver. They've been a school in the past that will definitely take their fair share of wide receivers in a recruiting class, but I I don't know what their numbers look like. It it does feel a little bit weird, though, Parker, that they wouldn't at least extend the offer out to at least try. I mean, Well, unless they knew they weren't going to get it. Maybe. Think think about – okay, you think about the wide receivers they've signed the last few years. Jaden Bray – out of Norman High, that kid was criminally underrated. Yeah, that was. was that was an Oklahoma State special right there. Yeah, that was, was the type of kid where he, okay. I called his games. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw him up close. The, the dude was a baller. And Talon Shetron, he kind of had an extenuating circumstance there because if you were in the Oklahoma State camp, you could legitimately say, okay, we got a chance to land this kid, and it's not because we're this powerhouse of a program and this offer is going to mean a whole lot to him, but we can offer his brother – and as soon as we offer his brother, then we're right there in the thick of it for him. With Cole Adams, you don't really have an extenuating circumstance like that. So I would figure it was more the type of deal where Mike Gundy and his staff evaluated the kid and said, you know what, he's going to be bigger than us. Yeah. Hey, you guys are flooding the Air Coverage Solutions text line right now. Appreciate that. We'll get to more of those coming up on the other side. 405-651-3439. A very happy Cole Adams Day to everyone out there. More football, more Cruton on the other side of Locked In. It is the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Locked In with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, inside the Brown O'Haver studios on this Cole Adams day. Air Coverage Solutions text line says, Tyler is more hyped about Cole Adams than he was about the Bowhammer. 
Man, there's a lot of truth to that. Don't let Cole Adams go to South Florida, by the way, and go play with the Bowhammer. I might pick him to go to the college football playoff. Isn't that where the Bowhammer ended up? He ended up at South Florida, right? South Florida, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I might pick him the college football playoff in uh, 2023 if uh, both of those guys end up there. Just saying. Just saying. Not really, but I am very excited about Cole Adams, as I was for uh, the possibility of the Bowhammer as the uh, backup quarterback. Hey, one quick thing, though, in recruiting. This was big, big news today, okay. especially with the recent spat of Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. Uh, Eli Holstein, four-star quarterback out of the state of Louisiana, he has committed to Alabama. Now, he was previously committed to Texas A&M, correct? So there's a storyline there that Bama took this kid from A&M, but does that take Alabama out of the running for Arch Manning? That's the big conversation today, which I think you told me that you like this Eli Holstein kid better than you like uh, Arch Manning. Eli Holstein is the actual best quarterback in the state of Louisiana, and Ricky Collins is the second best. Arch Manning is third. That's, That's my take, but... Uh, yeah, you you do figure that this takes Alabama out of the running for Arch, and they'd been trending really well for Eli Holstein. Even before he decommitted from A&M, there was a prevailing thought that Alabama was going to end up flipping him, uh, which ultimately they did. So at this point, man, it's really starting to look like a two-team race if it wasn't already between Georgia and Texas. Yeah, um, Arch has his official visit set for Texas. I don't remember the exact date. He's also got uh, OVs coming up at uh, Georgia and uh, Alabama this summer. We'll see if he still goes on that Alabama. But you're right, man. It's Texas and Georgia, and I still contend. OU Texas is awesome, no matter who's playing in the thing. But don't let Arch Manning go to Texas and let us have that type of storyline in Dallas for about three years. Please, please. Yes, please. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, I do want to see Arch Manning be a Longhorn. Yes, I it'll be amazing. Are you kidding me? Beating Texas is awesome. Beating Texas with the Manning at quarterback, I, I don't even – that's like Chris Sims-esque potentially. I, seriously, it could be. Especially if, uh, you know, Arch is a why no crybaby like uh, Chris Sims and was at is, times uh, during an then Austin. Then is, is Cooper going to be on the uh, podium in the postgame press conferences going, let me answer that for let Arch? Let me answer that for Arch. Yes. I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> it is going to be amazing. Kyle and Broken Bow says, if we don't get Cole Adams out of high school, maybe we can get him out of the transfer pool. Hey, there's Already always – Already making contingency uh, plans. I, you got to love it, right? It's the trans that's the world in which we live in. That is the era of the transfer portal. The thing is, well, if you go to Bama and you're playing early on and you're a pretty good receiver, not a whole lot of good not a whole lot of players who are playing early leave Alabama and go elsewhere. It kind of ends up being the the opposite. Yeah, it, really the only guys that end up leaving Alabama are the guys that end up in Nick Saban's doghouse, a la a guy hall. Yeah. So, Cole Adams isn't the type of kid that is going to end up in Nick Saban's doghouse. I don't imagine if he went to Alabama, he would end up transferring. Yeah. Hey, some portal news. Marcus Washington, who was at Texas last year, he is transferred to Nebraska. 18 receptions, 277 yards, a couple touchdowns. That's the second Texas player to uh, roll to Nebraska along with Casey Thompson. He had a good game against Kansas feel like that's the only the, the really good game that Marcus Washington had this year this past year if I'm missing anything non-factor for Nebraska 
Or is this uh, could be something where Marcus Washington could have a really nice year with the Huskers? I think the familiarity with Casey Thompson makes this intriguing. Because anytime you have a wide receiver that has any degree of chemistry with the quarterback and they both end up at a new place, it makes the quarterback's transition a lot easier and it certainly makes the wide receiver's transition a lot easier. So, yeah, Marcus Washington can be a big player for the Huskers. And that's twice now that the Huskers have stolen one from under Texas's nose. They did it with O'Shawn Mathis, and they yeah. do it again here with Marcus Washington. Texas did get a receiver via the portal, Tariq Milton from Iowa State. Uh, he, he, he hopped in the portal as soon as the season was over last year. Didn't play anywhere during spring ball. Kind of sounds like he just kind of hung out a little bit, Parker, but he's finally picked Texas. He had a good year really early on. I think he was part of the Iowa State's 2017 recruiting class. He had a good year early on, but it just never happened for him at Ames. Um, I think that this is probably going to end up being essentially a non-factor for Texas, but who knows? When a guy has his final chance to impress in college football, maybe something could happen here. Just a little odd that he didn't do virtually anything at all with any team during spring football. Yeah, that is weird. It's always weird when a guy sits in the transfer portal that long. Uh, Tyson Pumachon, I remember talking about him as a potential option in the portal for Oklahoma at the quarterback position. He ended up committing to Georgia State after being in the portal, or Georgia Tech after being in the portal for like six months. So, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's never an exact science when you're talking about the transfer portal. Everybody's path is just a little bit different. Text line 712 area code. Sorry, guys, just getting tuned in. May I ask why we are behind on Cole Adams? Well, just because they just now offered him <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah, they offered him why. today, May 24th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. They never really made Cole Adams seem like a priority, and Bama offered Cole Adams much earlier. I mean, he's already visited Alabama on an unofficial visit. That was a couple of months ago. There's just other high-profile schools out there that have made him feel like more of a priority. I do get the feel, Parker, just from our conversations and the conversations that you've had with him, that at least where his heart was at in the beginning of where he wanted to end up, it feels like OU is where he wanted to end up. Now, the circumstances that have happened over the past several months have maybe changed things for him and his recruitment, but it feels like from the beginning, OU is where he wanted to be. At least that's the feel that I've gotten. Yeah, and that's kind of – that belief does exist. And I think in a very fundamental sense, that's true. But I also think that – once it became evident that Cole Adams wasn't a priority for Oklahoma, I think he was very quick to sure. move along. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. I'm just saying in the beginning, like once the recruitment started, it felt like if he could have picked a place to end up, it would have been OU in the very beginning. But, yes, circumstances have, have definitely changed that. Yeah, OU's fighting an uphill battle. They yeah. are. Uh, the SEC reportedly considering a 3-6 scheduling model. That would mean OU would play three permanent SEC teams every single year. You'd have six rent. That's all contingent, by the way, on the SEC going to a nine-game conference schedule. They play eight conference games right now. They'd have to boost that up to nine. I do think that that's probably going to happen at some point. Do you have a preference on the three? Because we, we fielded this question on Twitter uh, earlier, and a lot of it was, you know, a combination of Texas, Arkansas, A&M, or Texas, Missouri, and, A&M, you know, just kind of regional trios. I'm kind of down for the idea, Parker, of going Texas, Arkansas, 
and then going with someone completely random that may not be within a five-hour window. Like, the thought of Texas, Arkansas, and someone random like Tennessee, to me, that seems like a lot of fun. Why is that? Knoxville is an awesome place to visit. They've got a passionate fan base. They'll bring fans here, just like we saw in 2014. And I don't think that they're printily going to be a top 10 or top 15 team every single year. So you get the draw of going to a really cool environment with a passionate fan base, which makes it a lot of fun. But, I mean, I think OU is going to be better than Tennessee uh, from here on. And and that's the reality. To me, the way I look at it is who would you rather have than Texas A&M? I wouldn't rather have Tennessee than Texas A&M. I think that I think having Texas A&M in that pod would be beautiful because so many debates would be settled. Because right now, what 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 is all the smack that the Texas A&M fan base talks? Right, they throw shade at Oklahoma, they throw shade at Texas. If they have to play those two teams every year, guess what? Stuff's getting decided on the well, field. Well, that's just the thing is they're kicking and screaming and don't want to play each other, reportedly, being in the same pod in the SEC. I feel like uh, A&M's going to kick and scream its way to pairing up with LSU and the two Mississippi schools or something like that. So and I I, guess I'd love to slap – trust me, I'd love to slap A&M around every single year. It would be amazing. It would be so much fun. But I, I have a feeling that they're going to weasel their way out. The thing that annoys me is, you know, when people discuss – you know, who your three locked-in rivalry opponents would be or your pods or whatever. Why is there this thought that OU and Missouri are two teams that want to be linked together? Why is there this thought that they're longtime rivals? I understand that they played for the Tiger Sooner Peace Pipe and o- OU holds the, the overall advantage 67-24-5, and five, so they played a lot of times, but I honestly do not feel that OU fans have any feeling towards Missouri at all. I, I don't I, like that's not that's not a thing for OU. I, no one around here cares about Missouri. And maybe people no. in Missouri care about OU, but it's starting to annoy me a little bit that everyone in the southeast and everyone nationally thinks, "Oh, OU and Missouri, that's just a natural thing." Oh yeah, they're natural rivals. We'll just pair them up again. You know, no, I've never viewed that as a, you as know a rivalry. It would be fun. And it wouldn't happen because geographically it makes no sense. But Texas, Arkansas, and throw South Carolina in that pod. South Carolina's cool for me. I mean, that's not the easiest road trip to do exactly. every single yeah, year. That's why it wouldn't happen. But, hey, Shane Beamer coming back to Norman every other year? I can get down with that. I'd even be down for the Florida idea yeah, that like- uh, Ross Dellinger threw out today. I would be very down to go to the Swamp every other year. Florida come here. That's, that would be That would be really cool. The Swamp is a fun environment, man. That's a fun place to be on a game day. You visited the Swamp on a game day? I have been day? to the Swamp on a game Who'd day, Who yeah. did Florida play the when you were there? Uh, so I was there in 2017. It was – no, Florida didn't win that game. Oh, it, so it, it was Charleston was, Southern probably. No it, was Flor- no, it was uh, Florida and Texas A&M. It was the night that Florida wore the Gator print jersey. Oh, god, They were hideous. Uh, Daniel LaCamera – the Texas A&M kicker hit four field goals. A&M won that game 19 to 17 because Felipe Franks threw an interception on the first play of Florida's last drive. Nice. Uh, the story that you didn't ask for and don't care about, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Okay. I uh, I saw Florida the year before in 2016 play at Arkansas. The listen to this. Uh, Arkansas like killed Florida that day in Fayetteville. The Arkansas offense, the Arkansas defense, and the Florida defense 
all scored more points than the Florida offense that day. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty. Florida bad. football was in some dire straits there for a couple I, of years. Was that the Will Muschamp era right, that, right around then? The Jim McElwain era was the era yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah, all right, 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll get to more of your text coming up next. More football, more recruiting on the other side. It's locked in with McComas and Thune on the ref. Welcome back. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, live on The Ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. This hour is brought to you by Elite Roofing Systems. They're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Let Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing put over three decades of experience to work for you. Give them a call if you're in the Oklahoma City area, 405-361-3094. Tulsa, 918-984-5475. Or EliteRoofing.com, Elite Roofing Systems, bringing you this hour of Locked In. All right, let's dedicate this entire segment to text because we have a ton. How long ago did Cole Adams visit OU, and how many visits has he made to OU? He was most recently on campus in April. To my knowledge, that is the only visit he's made to Oklahoma other than game day visits. So, I mean, and game day visits are the type of thing where, you know, basically everybody in the state of Oklahoma that has FBS potential ends up on a game day visit at OU at some point. So that's the only meaningful visit, to my knowledge, that Cole Adams has ever taken to Oklahoma. Uh, So, yeah, I I don't know, man. That's – you got to get him back on campus one way or another, and that's going to be – Difficult to do heading into June because Oklahoma's big OV weekend is June 3rd through the 5th, and he's already going to Alabama that weekend. So you're going to have to finagle the schedule a little bit if you want to get him on an OV. Kyle and Brokenbow says, I, I mean, I love beating number one Missouri in 2007. Yeah, um, that was the Big 12 championship in 2007. Well, I guess OU beat Mizzou twice in 2007, right? Game day yes. was here in Norman in 07. Uh, Missouri thought, well, you know, we didn't play well. We let one slip away from us. Then they had a rematch at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. And, well, Curtis Lofton had a lot to say about that night uh, against the number one Mizzou Tigers. What's funny is uh, Mizzou had one loss. They were top five. KU was undefeated. They were definitely top five. Mizzou beats KU. So Mizzou gets to play OU in the Big 12 championship. Mizzou loses to OU, but that knocked Mizzou to the Cotton Bowl, and KU, who lost to Missouri, got to go on to the Orange Bowl instead. Yep. <laughs> a little bit of an odd KU got deal. a vote as national champions that year, by the way. But who, who voted them? I don't know, but there was one AP voter. If you go back and you look at the final AP that. poll, huh. there is one voter that voted Kansas the number one football team in the nation. 40-year-old, lifelong Tolson and lifelong diehard Oklahoma fan, and I have never once thought of Missouri as a rival, ever. Yeah, I don't think anyone else around here has either. I didn't even know the Tiger Sooner Peace Pipe existed. Uh, I looked it up earlier today. Okay, well, thanks for educating me. And I think it it disappeared uh, some years ago, and I don't think that they've been able to find it. So they're going to have to come up with a new piece pipe. Which, hey, there's wheat shops all along the corner I was about to say, that that takes on a whole lot more significance now than it did 15 years ago. Have a brand new bong instead for the OU Missouri (laughs) rivalry. That's a a real piece pipe right there. Except uh, Missouri fans will be smoking meth out of it, I'm sure. Texas, Arkansas, and Kentucky would be awesome. That's on the text line. Kentucky, I know you had the Mark Stoops connection there, but does Kentucky excite anyone? I, I, I don't. I've I've never 
visited Lexington before. Maybe it's a cool town, but Kentucky's kind of far down on my list in terms of teams I want to see every year in the SEC. Seeing the pipeline we're building in Missouri, I'm fine beating their ass in front of those recruits yearly. (laughs) Hey, random thought, though, on that, and I was thinking about it last week when we were talking about that St. Louis kind of Kansas City area. Um, You know, you're going to have to battle Oregon there. They already are. But that, Parker, could be one of the better, maybe more untapped areas of the country in recruiting. Um, Not that some SEC schools are not going to go there when there's good players, but you could really make some hay developing some good relationships in that St. Louis, Kansas City area and kind of that that area in between there because it feels like everyone else just wants to battle it out in the southeast. There's a, there's some good players there, and I don't know, man. Like, I, I like your chances to go up there and, and, and get the best players there on a year-in, year-out basis. And you'll be able to especially with Brent Venable's sway in that vicinity. And you're always going to get – every single class, you will get five or six elite players from the Kansas City Metro. And you will get at least five or six elite players from the St. Louis area as well. So there are multiple pockets there in the state of Missouri that Oklahoma can and will pull from in years to come. And the reality is <laughs> – Missouri is not going to be a very attractive destination for a lot of those kids. And I, I, I will never understand. I have my theories as to how they landed Luther Burden. I will never completely understand it. Hmm. But th- that will not become the norm. It can't become the norm. Missouri is not a good enough football program or a consistent enough football program for that to become the norm. OU Arkansas Missouri makes sense only from a regional recruiting presence. Get those kids from St. Louis and from Little Rock. Does Little Rock have a ton of players? No, coming. Out? I didn't. I don't no. think they did. Arkan- the, I, Arkansas is very similar to Oklahoma. I would say in that the truly elite talent that comes out of that state is pretty sporadic. You'll get some good kids in every cycle, but... Springdale's got a good... That Springdale area's got some, yeah. a good football program there. Uh, what, they have a private Christian school that's that's there that's really good, I feel like, maybe in that Springdale area. But, yeah, I feel like it's like the northeast part of the state is where you see a lot of their good players coming Exactly. Out. Uh, saw a sign in the stands for that Curtis Lofton game that said, I'm a man, I'm 40, was classic. I get it, because Curtis Lofton wore number 40. And that I think that happened the same year as the Mike Gundy rant as well. Yes, it did, 2007. Yeah. Uh, once OU and Texas join SEC, Mark, Steeps, Mark Stoops will leave the conference. Why is that? Why, well, yeah, why is He's that? He's having incredible success at Kentucky right now. And that is literally one of the best jobs you can have if you are doing it well because you have infinite amounts of job security. Yeah. There I, are no expectations for Kentucky football. If I know anything about the Stoops family, I don't think that they're scared of a challenge. And I know Mark Stoops is not afraid of the University of Texas. I assure you, Mark Stoops and a lot of other people are not afraid of the Texas football program. In fact, I think Mark Stoops would welcome Texas on his schedule every single year. It'd be a little bit of a break for him. Lance Leipold was so terrified of the University of Texas that he went for two. Yeah, right. Shiloh Christian is the school that I was thinking of. Shiloh Christian, okay. South Carolina, Kentucky, etc. are my top choices. Need recruiting hotbed choices. Texas, A&M, and Arkansas. Kentucky? South Carolina, Kentucky are my topic choices. Are my top choices. Need recruiting hotbed choices. Okay. I don't know. 
I'm just not huge on the idea of Kentucky. You'll have to. Uh, I I mean, I, once I, every four or either. five years, cool. But Kentucky every single year, I'm I'm out on that. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing about it too is when, once you're in the SEC, you're going to play all these teams on a regular basis. But who do you want to be playing? Every year. To me, it's Arkansas, Texas, and AM. Pretty cut and dry. Parker, can you explain why Oklahoma likes to recruit more players from Texas, Kansas, and Missouri than its own state? <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could explain why it is May 24th, 2022, and the Cole Adams offer is about two hours old. But that's just where we're at. We are going to have plenty of high-profile SEC games. Texas, Arkansas, and Mizzou make a good pod to go with the rotation of great SEC matchups OU will get. Yeah, oh yeah. I, the home schedule is definitely going to be beefed up on a year-in, year-out basis, and especially, Parker, if the SEC moves to a nine-game conference schedule versus the eight-game conference schedule that they have now, that extra SEC game is going to beef it up even more. So... Regardless, yeah, if they do divisions, if they do pods, if they do the three and six, if they do the one and seven or whatever, OU's home schedule immediately is going compared to like a season like this year is going to be like, dang, that that is a much more season ticket friendly schedule than we've seen here recently. I mean, got you could put like the bottom teams of the SEC in there, Parker, and it would still look like a better home schedule than what you've had recently. So many of these games are going to be must-see TV. Even when you're not talking about the top-flight teams in the SEC, like Oklahoma versus South Carolina, for instance. I understand there's a little bit of a subplot there, but even a game like that is just going to carry so much more interest than, say, a home date with West Virginia or Kansas or Iowa State even. I'm pumped for the SEC because I think what it's going to offer Oklahoma in terms of the ability to recruit at an expanded level, and just the week-to-week interest that the fan bases will take in these matchups, not just on the Oklahoma end, but on the opponent uh, yeah. on the opponent's end as well. It'll bring out the best in what this program has to offer. It does not mean that it will rattle off consecutive conference championships like it has in the Big 12, but whatever the best version of this program is, I think that that's what we'll see from, from OU moving forward. It's going to be a lot harder. To win a lot of games in this league. I think we all know that, but you'll, you'll see the best version of this for sure. All right, you guys are killing the text line as always. Appreciate that. We'll try to get to more coming up next. Air Coverage Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Final segment of Locked In is next. It's been a great day. It's been a great day on Locked In. Happy Cole Adams Day to everyone. If you don't get that reference, well, Cole Adams is a four-star 24-7 composite wide receiver out of Owasso, Oklahoma. OU offered him a scholarship today, class of 2023, so we're hoping OU can make up some ground on Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, Texas A&M, and some others that have offered him uh, several months prior. So this has been a show of good news today. I do have something specifically for you and all the other OU fans that are making a certain trip in week three this year that is not such good news. Okay, tracking. Um, what do we got? Hmm, I don't know any other way to tell you this. This is like hard for me to... I hate that I have to be the one that tells you this. Okay. The Nebraska Cornhuskers are canceling their tradition of releasing red balloons due to a helium shortage. So the tradition that they release the balloons in the air after the first touchdown that scored, 
Yeah, well, the helium is hard to come by. Supply chain issues that will be halted for this. What the season. hell? <laughs> First, you take the army game from me in 2020. Yeah. Now you take the red balloons from me in 2022. I didn't want to have to be the one that told you and everyone else, but here we are. Hey, maybe OU won't even allow a touchdown, and it won't even be that big of a deal. But if Nebraska does score, doesn't sound like you're going to get to see that awesome tradition. I, how is there a helium shortage? Where is all the helium There's gone? a shortage for everything right now. There's a shortage for... What is the baby formula thing? Is that is that real that I keep seeing on social yeah, media? That's a real thing. Yes, baby formula shortage. Everything's. I, I, trust me, at someone who just did a uh, backyard project, there's not a. I don't know if there's a shortage of wood out there, but it's about as expensive as it's ever been. I can assure you of that one. So that stinks, man. I wanted to see all the cool traditions. Well, we'll get to see all the cool traditions that Nebraska has to offer outside of the. Release of the Red Yeah, balloons. here's the thing, Tyler. That's kind of the only cool thing that Nebraska has to offer. <laughs> and the runses that you can buy uh, in the stands. Oh, see, the runses aren't even that good. Now, I tell you this. My mom makes homemade runses. Those are excellent. Store-bought runses, very average. Well, sounds like uh, we're going to be doing a show from your childhood home when I, we roll up to Lincoln. We may be at this point. We may be. Cole Adams Day. Remember it, May 24th, 2022, uh, but you're not feeling that OU is, even with this today, is trending in the right hey, direction. Hey, you know what? All that matters is there may not be any helium, but Cole Adams has an OU offer. Yeah, there so, you go. Hey, one at, the le- at least OU can say they tried. The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.